right. Thank you for coming. It's nice to see all you guys. I am going to teach you something tonight that I think is very, very valuable. And that's not for me. It's something that God definitely put upon my heart. I told you that we're going to start in the next um, short amount of time. We're going to really do um, some real studies on who we are as people and really think about why we are the way we are. We're not actually going to start that tonight. It's going to be kind of going into that. But in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do some uh, smaller group time, and we're going to do some things where um, there's still going to be a message, but it's going to be um, some personality things for us to think about. And uh, I think it would be quite interesting for us to uh, kind of get a grasp on who we are and why we are the same way and, and all these things. So I'm actually going to teach you tonight about vision. And there's a lot that the God's Word that says about vision. And there's many things he talks about it as in a dream, as in um, things for us to think about, of course, sight. Uh, I kind of want to start out with it real quick with a uh, little story. It says, two prisoners looking out of a prison window. One sees the bars, and the other sees the stars. For the one, he only sees the obvious, the metal that's keeping him in, and he's reminded of the fact that freedom is no longer his, and instead he begins to feel anger, bitterness, and hopelessness. But the other one, he looks through and he sees the stars. He sees past those metal bars, and he's able to look beyond the obvious. And he starts to think about the second chance that he may have and the life that's still ahead of him, even though he's in prison right now. I think that's what life is really about. I think sometimes we can be very distracted by the here and now, the things that are causing us to really stumble and be frustrated with. And we don't stop and think about things that are farther on and out there. And I really think it's really all about our vision and how we have perspective. There is a scripture verse that is always mentioned, and it's Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And that is very, very valuable. Now, you're going to hear it most of the time in a church situation. You're going to hear it, um, if you listen to a a pastor speak, most of the time what they're going to do is they're going to speak about it in terms of casting vision. The pastor's job is to cast the vision for the people so the people don't perish. And it's something that is very, very important. But I want to talk to you tonight about it in a different way. I want to talk to you about how vision is um, on a much more personal scale, not necessarily for the whole church body, for us to have a vision, but for you personally, where you are and who you are, that you have vision. And I, I really just want to talk to you about what your vision is for your future, what thoughts you have for your future, what hopes, what dreams, what plans, what desires that you have. What is it that makes you happy? What makes you fulfilled? What makes you excited? What makes you just so fulfilled that you you can hardly stand it, that you're just like, this is it, this is what I always wanted to do. And I think some of us have those things that we enjoy And uh, really, we don't do them sometimes as often as we'd like to. We kind of just continue on with life, and we don't stop and think about those things that really give us a lot of joy. So I think we need to really think about vision. And I think that's really important because if you don't have vision, you will perish. You know, you're not going to make it. Um, God is really good about giving people vision. And if you've been in here for any length of time, I've told people the story many, many times. This, this is what's tough about being in youth ministry for about six years, because some of the people have been here forever, so they heard my stories. But sorry, you've got to hear them again. Or leave. No, I'm sorry. 
Um, the thing is, um, I was one of them who didn't have a great childhood. I mean, it was a really rough time. I, I had a, an alcoholic father, and uh, my mother died when I was seven. And about the time, and we were, we were one of those people that um, definitely welfare, lived on welfare, didn't have anything so great. My dad actually made a lot of cash, but he would constantly spend it all. My mom and dad weren't married. And um, when I was about five, I remember there was a situation where the welfare lady was going to come by our house. And in those days, they would make these surprise Brandon visits. And I remember she was coming to our house. And I remember my mom, before she, you know, this was two years before she died, I remember being five and her telling me to not turn on the television because she didn't want it to be um, known that we had a color television. They wanted them to think that it was black and white. And I remember her lying to me, telling me to lie. And I remember, like, something inside me, even at five years old, and, and this being a lifestyle, I, I really felt like there was something that was spoken to me at that time that was like, this is not for you, that this life is not for you, this isn't going to be you. And it was almost like just some sort of like quiet like voice, something inside me that really felt that. And uh, I, I really just feel that that was a God moment. I didn't know it for a lot of years, but looking back on it now, I really recognize that that was a God moment for God really just to reveal to me that there was so much more than what just was going on in life. And I really think what it was was just a, a glimpse of vision into my future of what he had planned for me. And uh, I definitely held on to that. It was something that really just gave me hope for a lot of years of, of a lot of mess and, and mistakes and, and things that were going on. If you look at what this, this definition of vision is, Obviously, it's the actor power of sensing with the eyes. We know that. I mean, most of us have had our eyes checked. We know what vision is. But the other is the actor power of anticipating that which will or may come to be prophetic. Vision, the vision of an entrepreneur, that kind of thing. You know, what's your vision for what's going to happen here? You know, we always talk about vision. What, what is our vision here? When we do our, our leadership meetings, what is our vision? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to really have happen up here and, and it's, it's really important. You know, there's really a lot of people, though, that are walking around this world with no vision. You can see it. You can see people that don't have vision. And uh, most of the time you can notice that they do become nobodies. And you have to have vision. Those people are perishing. And it's sad because they really don't understand that there is a better way. There's more hope. There's something more that we can offer them. And, uh, you know, maybe they weren't aware of when there was God speaking something better to them. I think that God was so faithful because as much as there was abuse in our family when we were growing up, I definitely believe God was always there with me all the time, pointing me in the right direction and telling me what there was. You know, nobody wants to be a nobody. Nobody wants that. We all want to be somebody, don't we? Don't we? I mean, do you guys look at it and think, man, I want to grow up and I want to be a bum living on a street with no money. and I mean, that's not the, what people look for. People want better. People have a plan, and they, they think that they're going to have so much. Nobody wants to be a nobody, and nobody wants a nobody as a husband or wife, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, if you ask a girl who loves God, who has, like, real hopes and dreams, what she's really looking for in a man, she's going to tell you that she's praying that God's going to send her this amazing man with godly character who really is a risk taker. 
someone who's really going to just go out there on the limb and, and do great things, someone that's actually going to keep her guessing, full of surprises, full of excitement, and uh, someone who's not just all about, as much as you guys hate to hear it, work and sports all the time, you know? Girls are looking for this amazing thing. And uh, what she really is looking for is she's looking for a visionary. She's looking for someone who is going to cast vision into a marriage and uh, someone who's not going to be satisfied with just the status quo of life, you know, someone who's going to make life really an adventure, exciting, refreshing. You know, those are those people that we love to be around, aren't they? Don't we love it when there's somebody comes in the room and we're just like, wow, there's just something about them. They kind of make you excited, and, and there's something about those people. They, they just bring vision with them, and they bring excitement. And uh, those visionaries do amazing things. You know, those are those people that are remembered in our society today, aren't they? People that have cast visions are the ones that are remembered. Those people that have done nothing, we, f- we forget so quickly. Um, it's those people like Martin Luther King that had vision. I want to show you real quick. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. I opened my mouth to the Lord and I won't turn back. I will go, I shall go to see what the end's gonna be. Whoa, who's that yonder dressed in red? This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, Will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Well, there was a man with vision. You know, there was a man who cast vision, had a dream. That's how he said it. You know, I have a dream. And I think that that's something that God wants us to get. He, he, he really birthed that in Martin Luther King's heart, really, that there was something more that there could, be, there could be equality. And obviously from 1963 till now, there's a big difference. And you know what? He cast a vision for many, many people and uh, did great things. You know, those people who have vision and act on it, they're in short demand. And I think it's because it takes so much work, you know, so much determination, so much risk, 
so much sweat to be a visionary. He risked a lot, didn't he? And was murdered because of it. You know, that's something that we have to understand. Don't be afraid to cast vision. Don't be able, afraid to, to plan great things for your future and, and do, great, do wonderful things to, to people, help them and, and things. You know, it takes a lot of faith to risk failure. Sometimes visionaries don't accomplish everything, expect in the way that they expected, but usually they do accomplish much, regardless if they see it or not, and especially if it's God-given. Martin Luther King had God-given vision. It really was. God is all about equality. He never looked at it, and he made it clear in his word that he has no separation. Nobody, no color of the skin is better than another person at all. So vision means looking ahead. And if we have vision, it means that we can seize the future and we can make the future ours. I really want to challenge you with that. I think what's happening a lot of times with people and a lot of teenagers is they really don't feel that they have a great future. They kind of just see things kind of going on as they are. And, and you know, I, coming from where I came from, I had no opportunity to make anything. But God gives you a vision and you can go for it because it's, it's in your heart. He plants it there. So uh, the thing is, right today, you might be thinking right now of only the here and now. Right now, where is your speak? And you're thinking, okay, what I have tomorrow to do, I have this responsibility, or I have this to take care of in school, or a job, or, or whatever. But don't just let it be all about just the here and now. Think about what it is in your plans for your future. What are you working towards? What are you trying to accomplish? Who are you trying to be ultimately? That's something that you have to think about. Vision has a lot to do with faith. A lot. I mean, uh, you look at the scripture verse, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So we can see that faith and vision work really hand in hand. You know, it, it's by trusting and having faith in our future, that's going to make it actually happen. Having faith in what we believe in and live for is what's real and alive, what, how you'll succeed, how you'll make it. Vision is so important. You know, vision is what gives us hope. It's what challenges us to accomplish these great things that we might never have ever thought to dream for or hope for in our life if we didn't even have something inside of us that says, go for more, try to be more. You know, I, I don't want you to confuse one thing, though. I really want to make it clear that you don't confuse what I'm talking about with vision which is really God-given and the American dream because there's two different things there. The world we hear all the time talking about, hey, go out, live that American dream. And I think America's wonderful, I'll tell you. I think we should have pride in America. I think it's a, a great country to live in. I think it's fabulous. And I'll tell you, I don't think there's no, no nation like it. But the thing is, you know what? The American dream is not going to give you fulfillment. What you need to have is you need to have vision that comes from God. You know, it's not all about having the perfect life, the perfect house, the perfect kids, you know, the perfect everything. You know, it's more about having the vision, which is not necessarily everything perfect, but it's going to be a lot more fulfilling when it comes from God. God's vision is so much more. You can always trust in God's vision because it is going to be on that narrow path, but the thing is with the American dream, it's a path that can, you can really be led astray on. The Bible itself is full of vision. You know, the, the one thing with the Bible when I read it is it, it gives me so much hope and uh, strength and, and resolve. There's times where you feel like you can't even go on. You're so frustrated. You're so 
really annoyed with what's going on in the world and some of the things that happen over and over again and it gets so frustrated and then you read God's word and you realize it's no different. We start to think that it's so much worse now and, and you start to look back and you think it was tough then. Those people continued on. We can do it. We can have resolve. We can make it. You know, there's so much about the, the Bible that has vision. And there's a quote by Adrian Rogers. I, I love Adrian Rogers. He's a, a Baptist preacher. He just passed away not too long ago. It says, he actually says that the uh, new is in the old concealed. When you're talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament, he says, the new is in the old concealed and the old is in the new revealed. And I think that's so amazing because all of what God really wants us to know about our past and our present and our future, it's all in there. It's all there. It's just what he's looking for is people that have vision that can pick it out and be able to really share it with others. For you to be able to read it and you to recognize what vision there is there for you to have for your future. All the things that happen in the future, a lot of the times it was already revealed in the past. And we just really need to sense it and to know what it is. So throughout God's word we see that there are these people who were given visions. They had clarity over certain things that happened and they had resolve. Right off the bat in Genesis 15, Abram, who later becomes Abraham, he was given a vision from the Lord. He actually spoke to him saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. That was an amazing thing in itself because he went through a lot of battles. The Lord actually took him outside not too long after that and had Abram look up into the sky and said to him, Count the stars because your descendants will be like that. Too many to count. Here was a man that didn't have anything. He, he didn't think he'd ever have a real child of his own from, between him and his wife. And God actually showed him. He said, Look at the sky. All the stars, and you're going to have so many descendants from you that it's going to come from that. That's vision. That's vision. That has, that's a hope. You know, this, that vision itself proved very valuable when later on in the, the Bible we recognize that Abraham was actually um, called to go and lay his son, who was the whole point of his descendants, upon the altar as a sacrifice to God. And that, because of the fact that that was proven, that God spoke that to him, he could trust that God was going to help him and to see that through that time of that trial. And that's not what was going to take place. You know, that, that's trust. And vision will give us trust. God wants you to have vision for your life. God wants you to have vision for the city that you're going to live in. He wants you to have vision for the United States, this world he wants us to have a bigger vision than just what's going on in your life on a daily basis. It's supposed to be much, much bigger. If Martin Luther King sat there and only cared about himself, people would not be as free as they are today. We wouldn't be celebrating him for President's Day. None of that stuff would happen. It takes those people that are going to go out and show you what needs to change and start to actually trust that things can change, that you can accomplish things, you know? He wants you to see that you're just not this character actor in a play, but you actually have a lead role. It's really important for you to recognize that. I think a lot of times you think that you don't have a way to accomplish things, and you do. You're, you're in the lead here. You can accomplish a lot of things if you would just grasp that. You know, God's word says we're his hands and his feet. We're the body of Christ. That means we're supposed to go out and do the work. We're supposed to be the vision casters. We're those people that are supposed to do amazing things for God just like he did. So you have to ask yourself, what is your vision? What is your vision? Have you ever been given a vision? Do you know what vision is? Have you ever stopped to think about what your life is about? I mean, you may be honestly 12 years old. 
You might be 20 years old, whatever. What is your vision? What's your future? And that's not just your future plans. It's not like, hey, what school you're going to go to and what are you going to be someday? I'm going to tell you most of the time for what you're going to be someday, you probably aren't. Because you know what? Kids are always asked that, you know, what are you going to be? This starts when you're 13. What are you going to be? And you know what? You look at everybody like, uh, I don't even know. I just got done playing Barbies, I mean, like last week. <laughs> you ask me what I'm going to be. You know, I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's scary. But you start to think as you get a little older, quit worrying about, like, what you're doing on a daily basis, whether or not you get your homework done or your friends talking to you or if someone, boy, doesn't like you or some girl looks at you and thinks you're a geek. Don't worry about that as much as you should consider what your future plans are. What's your vision? Where are you headed? What's your plans? You have to understand that vision is not just for certain people. He didn't just give them to certain people like Martin Luther King in the world. God gives vision to every single person. He gives vision to everyone who has eyes to see it. You just have to have eyes to see it. And I think that there's some very valuable things that God wants us to have a vision for. And I kind of was thinking about how to do this because I thought there's a lot of valuable things that we need to think about with vision. First off, I want you to understand that you have to get a vision of who God wants you to be. I think that's really important. I want to ask you a question. If you were to stand face-to-face with God in the next 30 minutes from now, would you clean up your act if you're not doing so great, if you're not doing so hot, if you're not pleasing him? Would you think about it? If you honestly knew within 30 minutes you're going to have to stand before him, what would you adjust? What would you change? What would you do different? I think it's something to think about. I think each of us are called to accomplish something of some worth while we're here. I don't think any of us has the right to really go through this life and do nothing. I don't. I don't, I don't, think, we're, I don't think we have the choice to do that at all. Not a bit. I think each of us are called to accomplish something of worth. And uh, you may not have recognized it yet, but you will, hopefully. You really, I really hope that you will. There's no accident at all the reason why you're here especially here tonight in this ministry. I think that it's a a Holy Spirit thing. I do think that God wants us to think about what our vision is. If you're here tonight or even in the future, if if you're listening on a podcast, if, if you're thinking about what your vision is, what your future is, that's all important to you. God wants to speak to you. And I think sometimes we think that God's only speaking to certain people, but you know what? He has. Just like you have to have eyes to see, you have to have ears to hear. He will speak things to you, and he'll show you things. Whereas I was five years old. I didn't imagine it at five. I didn't know who God was. It took me a lot of years to recognize that that was God speaking to me and say, this is not for you, this life. I, but there was something inside of me he put inside, and I now... It took me a lot of years, but now I recognize I had ears to hear. I understood. God wants to speak to us, and he wants us to understand that you specifically have been called to be someone great. And that's whether or not you do great things where you're nationally known, world known, or honestly, if just your neighbor knows you. That's all that matters. You really have to get that. But you have to get rid of sin, and you do have to get get rid of the sin, and you have to be all about him. That's what you have to do. So in CYM, you may have been here for a long time and not even understood what it stands for, Chosen Youth Ministries. You know, it's something that we hope to, we communicate to you and that you grasp. 
you know, something that you would understand that you have been chosen, chosen by God to do great things for him. You're called to reach those people that are around you, specifically for your generation. God's word says that over and over again. He says that this person did what they were called to do within their generation, is what it says. We're supposed to all do our part. I think the problem what's happened with America and what's happened with Christianity is too many people have no vision, and they are perishing. And over and over and over again, no one's changing things. No one is calling out a battle cry and and doing what they're supposed to do. And there's no lives that are being changed and no futures that are being, you know, diverted. And there's so many cool things that could happen in our lives, but we don't do them because we have no vision. God wants us to see that you have worth. He wants you to understand, just like he did with David in the Bible, in uh, 1 Samuel 16. Here he was, the last of many, many sons, you know, the littlest of all, just a young boy, and uh, he's out there tending the sheep, and he calls him, David, to be the great king for the future. You know, what's the chance of that? See, if he was, if you're not aware, you don't recognize here he had this opportunity to do great things for the, the Israelites, and, and, and do all these fabulous things, but he wouldn't have known if he wasn't aware and people weren't pointing out and he wasn't aware to cast the vision, to get the vision, what people are casting, what God had planned for him. You know, he wants you to never believe anyone who has ever told you that you're not worth anything. You've got to understand that. God, that's not from God. That's the enemy. Anybody that's ever spoken that over your life, you honestly need to say, that's not for me. That's not my future. If anybody has ever told you, you'll never amount to anything. You're never going to make it. Who are you? You're a nobody. If anybody's ever told you that, don't you ever believe it. Don't ever believe it. Because that is a lie, and you honestly need to say it. When someone says that to you, I don't care if you say it out loud. You can tell them to their face. But at least walk away and say it to yourself. That's not my future. That will not happen to me. I am a somebody, and I'm going to do great things, regardless of what anybody else puts upon me. I did that. I'm going to tell you, I tell myself all the time, one of the things I was is I was a cheerleader for myself. I was out there all the time saying, I'm going to do great things. I'm going to do great things. You know, I didn't have anybody telling me I was going to do great things. So I had to be the person to do it. And you know what? I think because of that, after a while, you start to think, you know, I will do great things. And it's going to be amazing. Do you feel a challenge rising up inside of you? Do you feel like, yes, I could do something? I can make it. I can do something great. I have a vision. I want you to get that tonight. I don't want you to walk away with no vision. The other thing I want you to think about is you have to get a vision that's bigger than you. Just like David, who was that small boy, you yourself can slay giants. That's what he did. Here he's this little tiny boy, and he takes this little pebble and kills a giant. You know, what battles are you fighting? What struggles do you have? Who is it? What is it that you're Goliath? You know, I think you have to understand that your future depends right now on how you're going to work out these battles, how you're going to handle them, how you're going to work them out. He, you know, the one thing about God's word is he says that all these battles belong to him. God, God says those battles belong to him. He's going to fight them for us. You know, he's going to give you the strength. And when you begin to doubt that you can't reach certain people in your life, certain people you can't change, you have to just trust in God that he can move mountains for you especially in salvation matters. I'm going to tell you, if you have family members, if you're following after God and your family's not, and after a while you get so frustrated because you see that they're not changing, things aren't happening, trust in God that he's going to just move mountains for you. 
that he's going to work things out, that there's going to be people that are going to be saved. One thing that Pastor Steve said last week is he said, claim them for God. I think that's awesome. You know, when you have people in your family that you honestly know are not serving God and are not doing great things, just say, God, I claim them for your kingdom. I'm going to claim them for you, that they're going to serve you and they're going to be saved. You know, who is it that you come with in contact with on a daily basis? Who is it? Is it your neighbor? Is it your friend? Is it the person next to you in the locker, by the locker? You know, who is it that you're supposed to reach for Christ? Something that we need to get a vision for. It's not just about us and how we feel good and if someone likes us. If you are a Christian, you need to get a vision about what job you're called to do, and that is to tell others about Christ, okay? So you need to understand that there is much, much more to accomplish than you could have ever imagined. The other thing is you need to get a vision that is bigger than your abilities, David was a little tiny boy, nothing much to do. He didn't have much, but he didn't allow his abilities to limit him. You have to trust God that you're going to let him accomplish everything through you, regardless of who you are. You have to trust in him that he has trust in you. And that's important. Trust him that he has trust in you. You can do things because he says you can. You know, it doesn't matter if you can't speak well. I am not the best speaker. It doesn't matter. God will use me. It doesn't matter if you're not a Harvard grad. It it doesn't matter if you're not beautiful. It doesn't matter if you're not wealthy. Those things do not make a difference at all. You know, you have to understand that what you can accomplish will come out of the fact that you pray and that you seek God. What I taught you in the last three weeks, because you ask for wisdom and you can get it, because you ask for favor and he can put favor upon you. Because you ask to be blessed and he can bless you. Those are the things that you can battle, battle with. You can make things happen. Moses was somebody that didn't think he could speak well. He didn't want to do the job. He didn't want to help the Israelites. He didn't want to let them get out of slavery because he didn't think he spoke well enough. So he says, how about my brother? How about my brother to do it? But what's really interesting is little by little, it was really cool if you read the story because for a while there he had to have the cane to do work and and great things. And then after a while, he realized that he could just raise his hand and that he could accomplish great things. It was all just, he had to kind of like get the vision of what God had for him. And then little bit by bit, he recognized that he had power because it came from God. So you have that power. You just have to have trust in him and you have to have faith that can move mountains. Lastly, this may sound very odd, but it's extremely vital to accomplishing great things for God and for your future. You have to get a vision of hell. That's mandatory. I'm going to tell you, you have to. You're never going to accomplish anything for God if you don't truly recognize why it is you're doing it. Why are you trying to get people to understand who Jesus is? What's the point? Why do you want to give them that vision? You have to believe that the message of God is real. If you don't believe it, you're never going to accomplish anything. You're never going to do anything with it. If you are out there and you truly believe that good people can make it to heaven, you're not going to do nothing for God. Why would you? The message of salvation is to understand that no man is good. Everybody who walks this face of this earth needs the message of Christ and needs salvation. So we have to understand that. You have to, you have to understand that there's so much more that God wants us to grasp about what hell is. God's word talks about, he says more about hell than he does heaven. Jesus talks more about it. So he has to, you have to understand that hell is so important for us to grasp what it means. You know, all dogs aren't going to heaven and all people aren't going to heaven that are good. You have to get that vision. 
If you don't believe that message, you're never going to share the message of salvation with others in the right way. There's too many Christians walking around thinking that you can just be good. The people are, well, they, they know, they, they, they kind of like, you know, they're going to church. Going to church does not make you a follower of Christ at all. I could be here every single week doing what I'm doing, and if I'm not truly making a heart change, it makes no difference. It really makes no difference whatsoever. It's not coming to church that will make you a Christian and a follower of Christ. It's a heart change. It's accepting Jesus as your Savior. It's asking for forgiveness for the things that you've done wrong in the past and trusting in him that he's going to help you turn from those sins and change your, your path. It's all about the message of salvation. I want you to understand that every single day in Peru, Oglesby, Mendota, LaSalle, Granville, all over surrounding areas, People are dying, and they are standing face-to-face with the living God. As soon as they die, they're right in the presence of God, standing face-to-face. That's when they soon discover that heaven and hell are real. And you know what? There's no going back. You don't get a second chance. You don't get an opportunity to go back and do a do-over. It doesn't happen. There's a lot of many good people that are standing there face-to-face with God, and they end up in hell because that's the truth. Either you believe God's word or you don't. What's your vision? What do you think? Do you even think about that? Do you even think about the fact that people are dying and they're going to hell every single day in this area and we're not doing much about it? We don't really share it? I always feel so bad because I look over at like the senior citizens' communities and stuff and I think, You know, we never know when we're going to die. I mean, it could be a young person, old person. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. But most of the time when you get older, chances are you get a little closer to that age. And I always think, is anybody telling these people about hell? Are they telling them that this is forever, that you don't ever get out? This is it. It's an eternal hell. It's forever. It's pain. It's torment. At that point, there's no more questions about what is on the other side. They know. They come face to face, full, hit in the face with it, what it was. You know, read the obituary pages. Read them. See the people that are dying. There's people that you see die all the time. Do you think at that point when you read their obituaries, did they go to heaven? Did they go to hell? It really comes down to that. You know, there's all this world tells us, oh, no, 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 there's so many graves. Life is not in the black and white. You know what? God speaks in the black and white. He really does. It's not the way that you believe the world to tell, what, what the world has told you. Get a vision for what God tells us is the truth. Read the obituary papers and really think about it. I want you to think about the fact that where there is no vision, people perish. And I really want you to ask yourself, are you perishing or are you letting other people around you perish? Because you're doing nothing about it. Are you doing anything? Do you really believe the message of salvation? I think that you really need to ask yourself that. I don't want you to leave in tonight without really seriously thinking about what you believe. I think the time is too short to continually keep walking out of a service every single week thinking that you have the opportunity to come back next week. We don't know that. We don't know that. 30 minutes. We don't know what's going on in this world. You know, the thing is we have to have a plan What is your vision for your future in eternity? What is your plan? 
I know where I'm going. My vision is heaven. He's revealed it to me. I've, I've done the things that I was supposed to do. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness and, and tell Jesus you're going to put him first. And you really have to start believing it in your heart that he's real. I want to give you an opportunity, and I know it's 831. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. What I'm going to ask you to do tonight is this. If you just need to ask God, if you're all right with God, if you have a relationship with Jesus and you know that things are okay, I want to ask you while we play some music, just come and just bow. Come to the altar, bow, and just ask God just to maybe like help you, forgive you if you've done something. Just kind of seek him a little bit. Ask what his will is for your future, what the vision is for your next, what, what's next, what are you supposed to do. But if you've never accepted Jesus or if you just really need prayer, I'm going to ask that as you come forward that you stand. And then somebody that's on the, uh, the ministry team will come pray with you at some point. But just come and just uh, respond to God. You know, g- give a good five minutes to God. I think that's the least we can do since he does so much for us. I don't think it would hurt you to give five minutes and uh, spend time really in his presence. So if we could just have a little bit of music and uh, we'll just have some time to respond, okay? Okay.